Yo, what's good, Rap Squad? It's DJ Skin. Let's come back with some more hip-hop news. This time, we're going to break down Busta Rhymes and Fat Joe on the Fat Joe Show, talking about the incident involving the Tupac and the tribe called Quest. Now, if you guys aren't familiar with this, during the Source Awards, before Tupac went to prison, so mind you, this is before Me Against the World dropped. This is before All Eyes on Me, Machiavelli, Death Row. Tupac was set to perform the song Out on Bail, which wasn't even a released song at that point. That song later got released in 2004 on Tupac's album, Lord of the Game, which was remixed by Eminem. So the original version of that song, Tupac was set to perform at the Source Awards. However, when the Tribe Called Quest was on stage during their acceptance speech, the beat to the song actually started playing. This caused Tupac to go out on stage and start rapping his song. And from there, a big altercation occurred between the Tribe Called Quest and Tupac. Now, interesting enough, Busta Rhymes actually met Tupac. They actually met several occasions. And he goes over this on the Fat Joe Show. I'm going to have more of this on my Scandalous Talk YouTube channel about the other stories involving Busta Rhymes meeting Tupac, as well as Tupac shooting two off-duty police officers in Atlanta, Georgia. So for this part, it's Busta Rhymes talking about the Source Awards and the altercation between the Tribe Called Quest, Q-Tip, and Tupac. And he actually goes on to say he was actually one of the main reasons as to why that beef was eventually squashed. All right, guys, now let's get it. It was also like when I saw Pac and Q-Tip had beef. Tribe. I never knew this. This is a joker moment. This is a joker (laughs) moment. I never knew Pac and Q-Tip had beef. Yeah, Pac and Q-Tip had a very serious and a very intense beef. Like, thank you, Gonzalo. Um, This is during the time when I'm shooting Higher Learning movie. Right? We're talking like 93, 92. And Source Awards, before they started to air on television, was at that same location um, at the Paramount Theater in Madison Square Garden. Mm -hmm. At least that's what it was called at the time, I believe. Mm -hmm. This is the same stage where Suge Knight tried to dish puff at that Source Awards. So this particular Source Awards, I believe, was the one or two of them before that particular moment, right? So me, Tupac, Omar Epps, we were staying in the Oakwood Apartments, which is the fully furnished apartments in L.A. on... Hollywood Boulevard in Fuller. I stayed there before. (laughs) So you know what I'm talking about, right? So in this particular crib, it's it's, it's like buildings full of fucking fully furnished apartments. Pac was in one floor. Omar Epps was on another floor. I'm on my floor. We bouncing back and forth to each other cribs the whole time we out there shooting movies. And Tupac, during this time frame, had to go to New York because he was performing at this particular Source Awards. So this is when we was all performing off of that tapes, crack. So you know, once the motherfucking engineer press play on your DAT tape, it ain't like you could stop that shit and play. No, 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 you gotta right. go. You gotta go, right? <laughs> so Tribe was performing, no, Tribe was doing their acceptance speech for best group of the year. They had won the award for that that year at the source. 
And Tupac was supposed to be the, the next performance after their acceptance speech was complete and Pac got introduced, right? So somehow the production person, the stage production manager, wasn't paying attention to what was really happening. And the motherfucker ended up pressing play in the middle of the tribe acceptance speech. So Pac just comes out there performing all over their speech like he was shitting on their speech. You feel me? So that wasn't Pac's fault, but it looked like a flagrant Pac disrespect. It looked like some Pac shit. Right. It looked like a flagrant Pac disrespect. Pac one-on-one. Right. So, you know, and, and at the time, because Pac, you know, had this little rep of being a little bit of a loose cannon, it looked like, all right, here he go again, right? So the beef starts. Pac comes off the stage, tribe, they with Zulu Nation, and shit get crazy. So it ain't lead to no blows, but a, a, a pressure was was very intense between tribe and Pac at the time. And they ended up Fortunately, not going to blows, but they didn't walk away from that shit with the beef squashed. So it was going to lead to something if they crossed paths again and somebody didn't step in to intervene and mediate and try to put it to, to bed. Pac came back to the Oakwood apartments. And, and you there. Yeah, and I'm there. And he know my relationship with Q-Tip. So he gave me the call and said, you got to come check me real quick. So I come in, I pull up on Pac. When I pull up on Pac, we ain't even talk about it right away. I'm just, I, I get to his apartment and we in there chilling and he actually got mad blood all over the place. And, and he, he had an MPC 60 beat machine in his apartment and it was looping this Isley Brothers sample. And he had wrote about three, four songs to the same sample for different records, which was confusing to me because I never saw that. Like, I write one song to a beat. I'm not writing a different song to the same beat. Pop wrote three or four songs to this same sample. And we blowing tree. And, you know, I, I ain't want to seem anxious to know what he was talking about because, you know, it's also the vibe. The, we hanging around. We blowing tree. We just vibing and chilling. So it almost was like he forgot to talk to me about what he called me to talk to him for because he had got caught up in writing these songs. So I eventually said to him, you, you, you wanted to holler at me about something? And he go, oh, yeah. So, you know, this is what happened with me and Q-Tip. And I know you and Q-Tip is like brothers. And it wasn't my fault. They pressed play on the deck. I fucking hear my song. I go out there. I got to do what I'm doing. I didn't. You know, I'm focusing on the shit that I got to do. So I wasn't even really paying attention to the fact that they was doing their acceptance speech. And when they approached me on some shit, I didn't know what it was about. I need Q-Tip to know I wasn't on no bullshit. Like, I got unbelievable respect for Tip and Fife and Tribe. So could you get us on the phone? Because he ain't have Tip number. So I called Tip and 
I, I, I talked to Tip about Pac getting on the phone to talk to him. Him and Pac spoke. And what's the dude that used to be on BT with the light brown eyes and shit? Donnie Simpson or something? Donnie Simpson, the, Donnie the Simpson. green eye guy. What? He was still on BT at the time. He's still fly, by the way. He works at a radio station in DC. He's still, he's the Billy D's of the game. He's still fly. Oh, that's he's a fact. Still on the radio in DC. <laughs> And, and, he, and he got the motherfucking um, Billy D. Williams voice for real. He, he definitely <laughs> <laughs> big up to Donnie Simpson, legend, legend, legend. So Tip and Pop spoke. They actually squashed the shit, and they were now trying to strategize a way to get on BET and do a public truce, and it didn't get to happen. What's really interesting about all this, right? I wasn't even familiar with Buster Rhymes actually even meeting Tupac in real life. Now, a common myth between Buster Rhymes and Tupac is they actually made music together. And this stems from the song Trump Tight, also known as Jinxing Power, from the One Nation album, which is still unreleased. However, that's not Buster Rhymes on that actual track. However, the only really track that we had between them two is the Rap Phenomenon remix of Victory, which Buster Rhymes actually recorded a new chorus, a new hook for. For Tupac's versus Military Minds, as struggle continues, which is still unreleased. Now back to what I was saying, I wasn't even familiar that they even met each other, so it's kind of cool that they actually did. And it's actually cool that he actually breaks down that he was friends with both Biggie and Tupac, but more so familiar with Biggie and that side of the beef. He had more ties to Bad Boy, Junior Mafia. Now what's really interesting about this is that Buster Rhymes actually recorded a song with Biggie called The Ugliest, which was unreleased at the time of Tupac's death. However, it was set to appear on, I believe, Busta Rhymes' 95 or 96 album that he was working on. However, in the song, Biggie actually took shots at Tupac and actually dissed him in the song. Now, it's common belief that this song never came out due to that beef and due to those lines in that song. And it is believed that the reason as to why that song was also not released is because they actually did not want to cause tension between Busta Rhymes and Tupac. Welcome back to the podcast. So moving on, we have some more here about Tupac and Busta Rhymes. This time involving Busta Rhymes actually meeting Tupac Shakur before his thug life, death road days. So they actually met each other when Tupac was still with Digital Underground and actually doing the movie Juice. Now here's this crazy wild ass story that Busta Rhymes broke down on the Fat Joe Show on Instagram.com slash Fat Joe. So be sure to check him out there for this full interview on his Instagram channel. And also be sure to check out my DJ Scanless YouTube channel for another story between Bust Rhymes and Tupac. All right, now let's get it. I know your relationship, yeah. your relationship with B.I. Pac, did you have any relationship with Pac in them days? Because you was big and he had was an big. Incredible, I had an incredible relationship with Pac. Wow. Um, me and Pac been friends from early leaders days. when he Before he put out his solo shit when he was still just dancing with digital underground um interesting story of one of the early pop interactions so we had a we had a college date to do we had to do a show at a, at a college and digital underground was performing and leaders was performing we only on our first album right and we had to do sound check so we get to the sound check a little bit late. Digital had already did their sound check and we get there a little late. 
digital broke out. I think Pac and Money B were still in the, in the neighborhood. I don't know where Money B was exactly, but he, Pac wasn't there by himself. You know what I'm saying? So we're getting ready to do the sound check. The, 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 the sound man was on some bullshit because I guess we took too long, so it was time. He felt like, fuck that. I'm not sticking around to do the sound check, right? So he's shutting shit down and he acting like he getting ready to leave. And we kind of like on some damn, we really want to get this sound check done. And the crazy shit is Pac, he kind of saw that there was a little bit of friction going on. And he just came and involved himself in the situation. <laughs> and Pac turned to this white man and he was just like, yo, he said, um, I need, I need, I need, um, I need you to cut this motherfucking soundboard on. Leaders of the new school going to get their sound check done right now. Fuck you talking about you ain't turning on the equipment. And he, he just started spazzing on dude. And, you know, the, the, the man wasn't trying to hear what Pac was talking about. So he acting like he, he breaking the fuck out. So. Pac just ran up on this motherfucker and started choking him. You motherfucker, you fucking. So we had to grab Pac because we like, Pac, we, we not asking for all of this, bro. Chill, my nigga. Like, we, we, we just want to sound check. This ain't war, bro. But that's the type of dude Pac was. He really went out his way to extend his love and show yeah. his love. And Every it, time it, I seen Tupac, he was in violence. Every single time I've, I've met him in my life, any time I ever had an interaction with him, he was. I seen him beating up the bootleggers on 125th. He walked in the club, he looking for somebody with the hammer. Yo, Joe, you seen such and such? Nah, Pac, I see him in Atlanta with two hammers. I see him at, anywhere I seen Tupac, it was violence involved. Yeah, you know what you know what it was, bro. I think, and you know, it, it it's 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 a little frustrating for me, but it's the truth. I think Pac just really felt he just felt. I think he 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 took on more of this responsibility to have to prove his love when he didn't really need to. And a lot of the times the love that I felt, the love that I guess he felt he needed to show people that he wanted in return, he was already getting it. Mm. You get what I'm saying? I, I just, I don't know why he felt the need to go above and beyond to the point where he would get himself in trouble just to prove to somebody that he got real love for him or he'll do something to somebody for the person he loved because that's what ended up getting him killed. You know, the situation that happened in Vegas, you know, he went and got himself involved with something that ain't have nothing to do with him. But because he was moving with those dudes from that team, he felt like he had to go out of his way to prove to them that he going to ride for his family, his team, whoever he moving with. And 
it unfortunately ended up the way it did. But this has been a thing with bro that is beautiful in one sense because you know your man is holding you down no matter what. No matter what. You know what I'm saying? But it's also the thing that got him into a lot of situations that he could have avoided. Welcome back to the podcast. This is DJ Scanless. Now, for this one, Buster Rhymes actually talked about Tupac shooting two off-duty police officers in Atlanta, Georgia, and the events that actually followed that. Now, let's get it. Interestingly enough, during that same time frame, Pac, this is when Jack the Rapper was still popping. You know all about Jack the Rapper, crack. In Atlanta. In Atlanta. Jack That's the Rapper. That's when I met Tupac. Right. So Jack the Rapper comes, and Pac, was redoing, he was fully restoring us, I think like a six sixty-seven Chevy Impala or a six four, something like that. And he had it fully done up. He shipped the shit down to Atlanta. He goes down there. Couple days pass and shit. You hear about this police shooting with these off-duty cops that Tupac was involved in. Tupac comes back to L.A. And when he gets back to L.A., me and Omar pulled up on him, check him and shit. And then, the, you know, we was vibing for a minute and then the Omar left and I stayed. The difference was, you know, Pac was still on his, put a loop on on the MPC, write a bunch of songs of that shit, steam a bunch of weed. But this time, he was a lot more paranoid. Because he thought, as a result of that situation transpiring down there, you know, the police is the whole United States. The niggas are put a calling in a different state. And they police friends or brothers in the next city are come and see you. He felt something like that was going to happen as a result of what transpired in Atlanta, in L.A. So he just was on some super paranoid, constantly looking out the window shit. He got his ratchet closet right. Like, he really thought somebody was coming to get him at that point. But just watching Pac go through all of these phases, I'm saying all of this to say the situation with him and Big and the discomfort for me was Pac had gotten to a place where there wasn't really no talking to him. There really wasn't no ability to mediate the situation. He had gotten a little too far gone with what he had surrounded himself with, becoming a part of the Death Row family. So what's really crazy about the story, we hear this all the time, you know, the media wants to spin it, that Tubac shot two police officers, but they ignore that the officers were actually outside their jurisdiction committing a hate crime, as well as having two stolen guns from their police department. So yes, Tubac did shoot two police officers. However, he was mostly in the right because if he did not step in, it's very well possible that this could have been another Ronnie King type of situation or George Floyd type situation back around that time. We just don't know what could have happened if he didn't get involved. However, the law doesn't always see it that way. They just, usually the main thing that happens is if someone attacks a police officer or shoots them, usually the person that does it is the main person getting in trouble 
and police officers get off scotch-free. We see that all the damn time. But it's actually kind of crazy that Tubac actually shot these officers. Now, it's not known if these officers actually got fired. I'm pretty sure that they probably got suspended or something like that. What I do know is that Tupac actually served around 20-some days in a county prison. And there was an, also another incident involving him and police officers where he got beat down for jaywalking. And this is very well documented in the Tupac All Eyes on Me movie that came out a couple years ago. Now, in that one, you know, Tupac actually had the police pay for his vehicle, his coupe. He actually writes about this on a song, We Do This, where he says, I had to punk police by my coupe. And this refers to him actually settling with the police officers actually beat him down that police department and they actually awarded Tupac around $30,000, $40,000. All right, guys. So shout out to Fat Joe. You can find him on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Fat Joe and Buster Rhymes, Instagram.com slash Buster Rhymes. Easy as that. Be sure to check out more on DJ Scanless YouTube channel. Be sure to check out my Tupac music podcast and my Scanless Talk podcast available everywhere on Anchor.fm, Spotify, iTunes, Podbay, Podbean, everywhere. Alright guys, it's time for that outro. It's your boy DJ Scanless, your favorite DJ's favorite DJ. And I'll catch all you buses on the flip side. We out. Deuces. <laughs>